Have you ever had that experience when you connect with someone online, perhaps you're following them for a little bit, you like their vibe, they're pretty cool, and then you connect a little bit in the DMs and you just know that one day you're going to have a conversation with that person. There's something about them, there's something about their magic, the way in which they conduct themselves online. There's a level of authenticity that is so magnetic and Today's guest, Amy Keller, is an example of one of those people in my life who I was very lucky to find her through our yoga community and we have a lot of amazing, creative, heart-centered women and men in that community. And when I connected with her, I thought to myself, I'm going to have a conversation with this woman one day. And it just so happens that she is sharing her story this week on the True To You podcast. So to give you a little context on Amy's story, she spent 20 years working both the consumer and corporate side of sales and digital communications in the fashion and beauty industry. And during her time in New York City, she's recently moved to Florida and very much loving her new life there with her family. She worked in digital strategy, including public relations, influencer relationship development and management for brands like Ralph Lauren, New Balance, L'Oreal, just to name a few. And we also were in love at the same time with particular bloggers, fashion bloggers, street style photographers. So just connecting with Amy and having a little bit of a nostalgic conversation around that was very, very cool. So if you were someone that 10 years ago or more discovered blogging, discovered the world of fashion blogs and all the street style photography, and that was your jam as well, then you're going to love part of this episode where we talk about that. And it just so happens that she met two of my heroes at one point, and that kind of kick-started part of her new journey. And that led her over a series of changes in her career to start her own business. So now she works around helping creators, storytellers, and brand builders to generate clarity and confidence in their voice, vision, and execution. And... As you'll hear, she even gets into the nitty gritty of Instagram strategies and a more heart-led way of doing that. So if that's something that you've been feeling that you'd like to connect with more, then make sure you listen right to the end of this episode. I've also captured a little bit of the start of our conversation before we were officially recording in inverted commas, because I feel as though the best conversations happen sometimes when we're not officially recording and and getting into all of the questions. So I've actually shared with you a little bit from our conversation where we talk about our teacher, Guru Jagat, who passed away last year and just the impact that she has left on the world in our community. And Amy has some really beautiful things to say about her and just how much she inspired us and continues to inspire inspire us and I think as we come up to the one year anniversary it's still about a month away it's certainly a very nice time for us to bring attention to this woman and the mark that she left on the world, her legacy. And just to show you that everything that you leave on this earth, every impression goes well beyond you leaving your physical body. And she is an example of someone that that really left a legacy. It certainly wasn't until interacting with her work did I actually really get the uh, concept of legacy so please enjoy that part of the conversation let's get on with this week's episode of the true to you podcast and welcome in Amy Keller to the show
Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. One of the things that, and I told her this the last time I saw her in person was my immense gratitude for her um, ability to take the hit and to keep going Mm. because anybody that is making any waves in their industry or on their mission, you will take multiple hits. You will just take hits, you know, and um, the amount of energy in your body and your, and your, um, you know, your 10 bodies, like not just your physical body that you have to fortify and have every day to take that hit and stand up and say, no, I'm still doing it. I'm Mm. still here. There are so few examples of that with such an open heart, but with a, with, with a fierce amount of grace. Yeah. Grace is not soft or weak. Grace is like the feminine version of a warrior to me personally. And um, I feel like we have very few examples of women who can take a hit and still stand up and and go again. Mm, mm, Yeah. Yeah. She's, she did. And I think we don't, the, the hard thing, I mean, unless you were very, very close to her, I felt like I was almost in a bit of a bubble. Like you knew that people were like, firing arrows at her from all directions but it was almost like you felt she was able to to allow you to still feel safe in the community and I think that is huge like when I think about that I'm like oh you know she was so strong and taking a lot of shit from all directions and you know I mean a lot of it was probably in uh, press in America and things. So I might not have been exposed to it so much here, but some things I've read since, and even like just just bizarre stuff after her passing, it's like, are you really writing this crap? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I know very, very, I totally get what you're saying. Um, but I think like, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but that's like a conviction in your self-concept. That's like a conviction in your mission. That's like an unwavering dedication and devotion to what you're here to execute. And people try to make that like such a big thing, you know, and really it's like, you're here to hold a certain frequency of you. And she was very clear on what her frequency was, which allowed all of us to see what our frequency was. I would love to go back in time a little bit because I know the Amy Keller of 2022, but like what, what is your journey looked like that led you to starting your own thing? And I know that you have a background in PR and things like that. And that's very much flowing into the work that you do now, but like maybe take us back a little bit to your, you know, 10 or so years ago, what you were doing. And then like, what was that catalyst for you to leap out on your own and create what you've created now? Yeah, well, so my background has always been in public relations, digital marketing, but I joined the space of public relations and marketing at a time where digital was becoming um, like it had become a, it was a quiet little rumble that people were kind of like hoping would just go away. Um, so even in college, I wasn't taught taught anything about digital or SEO or anything like that in journalism school. But when I got out of college, it was very clear to everyone in the professional world that it was not going away and it was just going to ramp up. So I was always given very sage advice by the people I work for and the presidents that I worked for at the small agencies um, to keep in this space, like to, to learn things through the traditional realm of PR and marketing, but that I should keep exploring things in the digital. And I always listened to that advice. 
So I got very lucky in that stream of time. I knew from the time I was 14 living in Arizona, I was going to live and work in New York City. I'd never been to New York City in my life. No one in my family had ever been to New York City. I don't know why I had New York City, but I always had the feeling that there needs to be a bigger place where my energy can go and and, and, and explode. And in my little 14-year-old mind, that was New York City. So I was the first person in my family to go to college and graduate college because my mom told me it's very expensive to live in New York City and the people who make good money have college degrees. So that was my driving force to go to college was that I was going to be able to live in New York City. And I always loved fashion. I was always that girl who like had magazines posted up all over my walls and I wanted to work in fashion. And so I got myself to New York City, like, you know, like every good story. It's like this lucky thing after this lucky thing after this consistent call and email. And I really hustled my way the first three years that I was there. I worked and would do virtually anything. So I would exchange rent for personally shopping for people and styling them for events. I used to work the doors at certain nightclubs in the fashion industry because I was told that it was really good cash, which it was, but it also helped me learn all the names and the faces of the editors. So I was the door girl and it would help me like make relationships with people, you know, and when you're the door girl, like in 2009, seven, you know, you're a big deal because you let people in, you know? So, um, and there was no like social media where you knew people's faces mm. and you learned who they were. It taught me a lot about networking and it taught me a lot about um, the vibe of places and like who was the energy in the room and why. And so I ended up on a whim deciding I'm gonna go to this talk at the Met. And this was in like 2009. And the talk was about bloggers and online content creators and how they were starting to become more popular than the magazines themselves. And you have to remember at this time, we're still trafficking product and samples like with Polaroids and messengers on bikes through New York City. So the idea that these people could take their phones and their computers and they could beat my editor to a story was like, you know, it really blew everyone's mind. And to be transparent, it was really as a publicist, that was not such a comfortable feeling because a, a brand story was very well manicured and crafted with a very specific team and audience in mind. So to a brand like Ralph Lauren Coach, which is where I was working at the time, the idea that someone off the street could talk about my brand in any way they wanted to was a little bit confronting. So I go full in, I decide I'm going to start to make friends with these content creators and I want to learn what they're doing. And I'm a nosy, curious girl by nature. So I just kept with it and kept like making contacts and this led one thing to another. And eventually I started working um, as a freelancer at a really beautiful boutique agency in downtown Manhattan where I was the digital strategist. And we literally just made up the title in a taxi cab, like in 2009 and 10, these titles didn't exist, you know? I was a publicist, but you know, people started asking for digital strategies and we didn't even know what that was. So we just called whoever did this, the digital strategist. So, you know, that title kept changing and morphing like everything does as a space is evolving. and. It would be a digital strategist. I would get a job somewhere else. I would be, you know, an influence marketer. Like it just, but you're, you know, your job is to manage and to deal with relationships. That's your job. Okay. So this time and space was such an incredible acceleration in my, my personality. And, you know, also in my, um, I, I mean, things were happening to me that I just, I couldn't have imagined. I couldn't have imagined, you know, my 14 year old self just would have been like on the floor squealing, you know, just such incredible moments and so many uh, magnificent experiences that I'm just eternally grateful for. And as my career kept going and going and going, this space, of course, um, morphed. And, and it's so important. I always like kind of feel um, a sense of responsibility is the words I hear. A sense of responsibility to share that in 2022, we see the influencer space, which I think right now is expected to be around a $1.4 billion industry, right? And something like only three to 5% of content creators actually monetize their creations. So that just tells you how wide open that space is. And there's still a lot of room for people, right? As a creator in that space. But at that time, 
this was when I was, you know, part of the first cohort in the fashion and beauty industries that was making contracts for monetizing a creator's creation. And I say why there's a sense of responsibility to share that is because in 2022, we forget that. Mm. So we look at social media and we're like, oh, so these are the rewards for a good creation, or this is how I value creation. And I want to just like take you behind the curtain (laughs) and say, hey, on Madison Avenue in a board meeting, we decided people who were writing the contracts to monetize a creator's creative force are the ones who decided what was valuable, what was worth sharing, what was worth liking, what was worth following, what was worth paying you for. And it's really important to remind creators of that because before we could monetize your creations, you were creating anyways. The platform existed, the monetization of content creation existed because you followed your creative force. And I feel responsible to always like kind of bring people back to that awareness and like time travel you through, you know, social media back to 2010, 2011, when these contracts were first happening, because um, that was a pivot for the creator. Because, you know, people were making creations no matter what. They felt excited about something. It moved them. It changed them. It healed them. It helped them. So they shared. And then that's what caused the brands to say, oh, wait a minute, I should look at you. Because you keep showing up, talking about this thing that's transformed you or energized you. And I'm going to latch on to you (laughs) and your creative force. And I'm going to use it for my own measures. So I just place that there because I think it helps creators kind of um, take back, claim back your creative force and, and to honor that the platform monetized your efforts, not that your efforts are only good if they're monetized. It's an important <laughs> connection. So that was my career at the time. And I worked for brands like L'Oreal, Estee Lauder, Ralph Lauren, New Balance, Hunter Boots, Swarovski, like just so many cool brands, like just tons of cool people and just did so much fun stuff. It was a lot of fun. And I really reached a point um, for myself in the industry. A lot of us kind of did. There was a small niche of us in this sort of digital space um, in the fashion and beauty industry. And I think like all things right before a big pivot, there's a squeeze out where you either decide that it's for you or you're not for it anymore. And I had really reached a point where um, my work as a digital strategist was highly, um, again, valued based on um, the ROI of contracts. It was so many contracts. (laughs) It was based on the ROI of like how many um, placements could I get a month on with an influencer? And To me, that's not like why I started out doing things. You know, I love storytelling and I love connecting people and um, I'm not an accountant and I'm not an advertiser. So my, my, that, our business in in that time started to really get murky. It started to really get murky. So I started to suffer from a lot of health issues. I was having an intense amount of migraines. I was on so much medication at the time. I felt deeply disconnected um, from passion and pleasure and joy in my life. I worked an insane amount of hours. Um, I went to everything. I never said no. You're not allowed to say no as a publicist. You're paid to not say no, (laughs) let's put it that way. Um, and so I felt really sick. I felt really burnt out is I guess what you would call it now. I don't really feel like that word was used in 2012, but I started to feel really burnt out and I started to get these visions that I would hear myself say to myself, um, at 35 years old, you won't be doing this anymore. It's okay. Like as a, like, um, to console me, (laughs) to like make me feel better. And I believed myself. So what do you do when you believe the story you tell yourself, you start to act as such. So for better or for worse, I started to disconnect myself and my, and me as Amy Keller from what I did in the world. And I started to reconnect myself to who I am. And this was very unconscious. Looking back, I can see the road marks like, oh, I made this conscious decision and this and this. But at the time, I just remember telling myself, I want to be happy. I want to be helpful. I want to be bright. And I had it written on a post-it. And I used to post, I had it posted anytime my desk would move or whatever. It would always get stuck there again. I just wanted to be happy again, you know? And um, 
I didn't want to, my happiness to be wrapped up in how many deals could I close? How much more revenue and business could I bring in for this agency or this brand? I wanted to be happy as me. And I felt that there had to be some major shifts. So I made some major decisions in my health, you know, some real time, timed, uh, timely decisions. I decided that I would start giving my invitations to events after seven o'clock to my assistants or to anyone on my team who wanted to go. And if you work in high pressured industries or fashion, beauty, I'm sure a lot of industries, but as a publicist, if you want your, your career to grow, you need to be at things. So obviously that slowed down my presence, um, but I was okay with it. <laughs> I felt so much um, relief is the word I want to use. So much relief. And other people were really loving it. Their careers were soaring. They were enjoying, you know, they were having their own new connections because I was stepping aside. My health started to return. I met who is now my husband. My, my life started to return. I started to like come back to life. People would say, you're glowing. What are you doing? And I said, I'm saying no to everything. And I really was, I would like say no to so many things. And eventually I set the intention. I'm going to um, secure a private client that's going to replace my full-time salary. I'm going to keep that client for six months and then I'm going to leave my job. And the minute I did that, I could feel, literally I could feel in my body, this is happening. You will do this. It is coming. And it was within two or like two or three months, I ended up getting like a referral for someone and it was the exact replacement. I kept the client for three months. I could feel there's a great energy and connection here. And I ended up resigning and um, I was so scared. <laughs> and I remember I've spoken about this before, but like, I remember feeling like I was holding a secret, you know, in my throat. So I remember really feeling a blockage here and um, I was really keeping a secret, you know, from them that I'd been like transforming privately behind the scenes and doing all these things. But that's how I stepped away. And the truth is there's every day you just decide to keep stepping away from that narrative. If you are going to do something on your own, you will have to just decide every day to step away from a very deeply grooved path and just decide that you're now in the process of making your own. And every day the path gets another day further and another day further. And when I look back now, I don't even recognize who I was in 2015, you know, when I left my, my corporate job. I don't even recognize her. And likely the people who worked with me then don't even recognize me now, right? So that, that was my career and um, the reason and, and how I sort of pivoted into what I, what I do now, I guess. <laughs> uh, that's... I'm smiling because I, I am thinking back to the time when you were talking about bloggers and I was also starting to get immersed in that scene and started my own blog. And that's kind of what snowballed. I think having that, I think that blogging was so incredible because it gave people an opportunity to have an outlet in their life, even if the life wasn't day-to-day -day what they wanted to be living, right? Blogging was not necessarily an escape, but it was a creative outlet. And yet you probably were escaping into creativity. It allowed so many people to explore other things like passions that they had, and then they could blog about it and then their photography skills. And I think just like, it's so amazing that I look back at some of the blogs, like I think of one person that I still follow to this day because I just love her. <laughs> Do you know Garant Storé? Garant Storé? Of course. Yeah. Yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> and obviously the Satorialist who she was with way back when, but. This is the talk that I went to in 2009. It was Are you serious? Yes, it was. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm like totally reliving my life back then and just, yeah, I was in awe of that whole scene and just, you know, what they spearheaded and what they were able to create in terms of, like you say, it was really carving a whole new industry. And I think it's... Um, I think there were, it was, it was so cool that you started in that time when it was really granular and people were just connecting the dots because there was probably a level of 
authenticity. The money was starting to become a part of the equation, but it was really, like you said, just rooted in their creative expression. And not to say that, like, I think it's great that this has been monetized because to a certain extent, it it has opened up whole other avenues for people. Like there's so much more opportunity to use your creativity these days and be paid for it as well. So, but like you say, sometimes that doesn't always mean that people's agenda or reason for wanting to use your creativity is, you know, it, it can be driven by certain metrics and things. So I just wanted to, put a pin in that that I was totally and if anyone is sort of around our age I mean I'm I'm 40 at the end of this year it's like <laughs> that was yeah. that was you know you I mean, yeah yeah it was such a um such a cool time and it feels like so long ago now it's so funny how the world has just sped up like so fast in the last few years with the digital technology but I think, you know, it's so, so interesting that these career transformations that we have, they don't always, you know, you planted the seed for it and you just started taking the little actions. And I think, I don't know what you were like, but it can be a really restless time, right? You know, you know, you're not supposed to be here forever. You're thinking, oh, like, I'm kind of cheating on my work <laughs> life. Yeah, the worst feeling ever. It is. Yeah. It is. But you just, I guess to anyone out there, if you're considering it, start like planting those seeds. And sometimes, yeah, it may look like pulling a back, pulling back a little bit yeah. from an experience allowing space to either heal yourself because I think a lot of the reason why we want to change careers is like burnout is a catalyst and it's a shame that that becomes like the the only way we can feel fulfilled as if we leave and do something completely different but yeah I think start planting those seeds because it will lead somewhere I I totally identify with your story and something that I wanted to ask you about that came up when I was looking into your work and you talk a lot about self-trust and I think you know there was something in you that was able to trust your decisions even from when you were 14 maybe decisions but trust that you had something to give the world and I think what was cool is that you knew that it was going to take to potentially you didn't know, but it it (laughs) felt like whatever you showed up to, and if you showed up to it hundred percent, there was going to be something available to you. And obviously this has now become your business. Yeah. Um, So talk to me a little bit, a little bit about cultivating self-trust. I think like you say, it's a core value. It is at the heart of everything. especially when it comes to starting your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's my heart started to beat when you start to talk, like beat faster when you talk about it. It's it's a core value to me and it's a core value of everything that I do with anyone that I work with, even as a mother, even as a mother, my main objective with Gaia is to cultivate her self-trust is to cultivate her confidence and um, to, to do that in ways that allow her to see the world through the importance of her eyes, not through mine, which is really challenging, right? Because you want to control and you want to, you know, you want to soften the blow. And, and anyone who's listening, if you have like a North Node in Cancer or you're Cancerian, like you're the nurturer of the entire Zodiac. So your archetype collectively, like consciously, unconsciously, my design is to nurture, to mother, to care for, to comfort, to soften the blow. And so as I get older and as I get wiser with that, I learn how sometimes there are things in our environment that can soften the blow so much, you don't even have your own parachute. Like there is a lot of conditioning with things. And I I think that I think that especially in the digital space, it's like, oh, if you take this course, oh, if you just like do this worksheet, oh, if you like, you know, do this Kriya, do this meditation, I don't even care what it is, fill in the blank, okay, whatever the thing is, 
it's suddenly going to soften the blow. Nothing softens the blow except for you day by day, moment by moment, developing a trust and a confidence in yourself. And that means everything will feel like a free fall, but you're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And for myself, I've always like kind of known that I was special, but I say that to remind you that you are too. Like, it's not like Amy Keller. It's like, if you're here, it's not an accident. Okay. So if you acted with that remembrance, you know, that in and of itself should instill some sort of self-importance, you know, to take yourself with some reverence and to like respect this incredible body, mind, you know, spiritual body, soul body vessel that is like bobbing through space and time right now because it's intentional. And I believe, I'm sure because of things that have happened to me as a young child and my overwhelming amounts of experiences with death from a very young age, I just really understood that life is on purpose. And so when you believe life is on purpose, you act as if it's on purpose. And so I trust that I'm here for a purpose. And my purpose is to be Amy Keller, because that's who I chose to be right now. And I like her. And I'm interested in her. And I find the personality, my personality and my story interesting. And so I take an interest in who I am each day and how that reverberates out into everything that I touch and say and do. And I have a great respect for that responsibility is the word I hear because it's a responsibility. But how I develop self-trust, because especially people listening, you're a creator, you're starting something. It means that you are a seer. You're doing things before they're obvious. You're, you're forward thinking. You're in the future, as it were, right? So you act in a space and time where what you might be doing is not really understood, right? And it's your job to hold the posture. It's your job to hold the position. And it's your job to show up as the template. And I see this like number one as a salesman, right? So number one as a salesman, no one's going to buy your product until you first do. (laughs) Like you can't convince anybody of how great whatever you do is until you've convinced yourself hook, line, and sinker, right? You want to drink your own Kool-Aid. And when I think of things like that, I think of like working at places like Ralph Lauren. Like Ralph Lauren was an incredible experience because this is a brand that if I say Ralph Lauren, anybody can pull down you know, from the collective consciousness, what Ralph Lauren means. You see colors, you see images, you hear words. Like there's a whole story happening, a universe that you download when I say that brand. And it's not by accident, okay? Mr. Lauren, as it were, he is the one who holds that vision. Like now it's David, you know, which, and the vision has shifted a touch, right? Because someone else now holds the projection. But when it comes from Mr. Lauren, the original blueprint comes from him. So what he deems as luxurious and what he deems as um, craftsmanship and what he deems as glamorous and what he deems as Americana, it's going to show up. And we all say those words and those are brand pillars, right? So it comes from like the heart of a man from thought to thing, right? It comes from the heart of a man. His responsibility is to bring that projection into the world. And then it's a team's responsibility to hold it day and day through words, sound, images, textures, right? Experiences. That's a brand. You build a brand by doing that over and over and over again. So that means in order to do that, if Mr. Lauren woke up one day and he's like, I just hate denim, you know? Or I just hate faded, vintage, you know, Connecticut blue, the brand would change. But when he stays in that projection of it, that's the way the brand is going to continue to keep moving forward, right? So that's self-trust. That's your self. In yoga, we call it your self-concept, okay? When you're like, I'm going to put myself in a trance. I design the trance. This is what I'm going to live each day. I design it through whatever I do, what I hear, what I say, how I dress, who I'm with. Like you design it, you rig it, right? In fashion, we have rooms called rig rooms where literally you walk the communications team through advertising. You walk everyone through the rig rooms and we're all on board. This is what, you know, resort 2022 is going to look like. We're in it. 
you know, we feel it, we see it, and then we go and we express it through our different funnels, right, in a, in a brand. But when you embody your self-trust, I call it your free nectar, because in this moment, the words I'm transmitting to you, the energy that they carry, this is my frequency of self-trust. I believe it. I live it. I teach it. I sell it. I embody it. And so it holds an energetic frequency that shows up in everything that you do. So in yoga, we call it a self-concept or a self-trance. Like you decide, right? You're conscious and you decide. On Madison Avenue, we call this branding, mm. right? And branding has like a dirty word, right? In 2022, branding is manipulative. And like someone's trying to pull one over on you and they're trying to sell you something. Yeah, they are. Totally. They are. And I could also say to you that every day that you show up in your trance, in your self-concept that you crafted, you're also doing the same thing. You're selling yourself on a concept of yourself that you want to live and embody and experience. And in doing so, you're selling it to other people. We're selling all the time. So it's like, I love to marry those two because branding and self-concept or your trance, the narrative, the self-narrative, the it's the same exact thing. It's like, if you just put it through two different funnels, it has a different feeling in people, right? A different kind of like ickiness or not ickiness, depending on, you know, where you're running it through. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so good. So good. I love, <laughs> I love that. And, uh, you know, some of the ways in which you described that will really make sense to a lot of the women and men, I always forget that there's probably men that listen to this, but will will make sense to a lot of the women listening to this. And I would want to ask you though, if someone has resistance, because my gosh, does resistance come up with creatives, right? Mm-hmm. Resistance to marketing, to selling, to creating a brand because they feel like there's some kind of sudden disconnect that they're going to experience or people who create brands on it's there's it's not an authentic expression but from what you're saying it actually is you actually are being more of service to lean into that I don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit that's so well said that you're being more of service actually um I really love that. First off, it is totally natural to have resistance. It is totally natural. And typically when I have resistance to something in my work or in my personal life or in my spiritual life, I find that I am looking outward too much. So my work naturally, I'm on social media all day for all of my clients, all the brands that I work with for my community and mega magnetic storytelling. Uh, but I've always been in social media. So to me, I have a really healthy relationship with like alternate dimensions, <laughs> you know? So I have a little bit, I think, different perspective of social media because I see it as a marketer. So I see it as a fine, a finely crafted message, image, story. I know that that's not a real, a true reality or it is a re- one reversion of a reality, but it's not probably the day-to-day reality of something. And I find that sometimes when I'm hitting resistance, I've been in a cycle of work where I've had to absorb way too much outside information. Like I'm reading, I, I because naturally, like I have Mercury and Gemini, I love data. I love absorbing new things and I'm very non-judgmental about it. I just like it all. I don't even care what it is. I'm just, it's all interesting. <laughs> and like, I just let it just come in. You know, and my mind is always going like a million miles a minute in that way. I love that. It's very energizing to me. And when I go to sit down and create something as the brand of me, or if I was speaking to a listener and you go to sit down as the brand of you and you're here to serve, share, invite people into your solution. If you feel a resistance, ask yourself, how much of my own creative force have I been absorbing lately? How much of my own rig room have I been going into lately? Have I prioritized my own brand messaging enough? And I always ask this in Mega Magnetic Storytelling. How are you embodying your brand of self-trust every single day? How? Because there needs to be 
real life, if you go to a corporate job today and your job is to execute a certain KPI or you need to return something to the brand for your time in the brand, you better believe you sit down at your desk, you pull out your sheet of paper and you're to it, right? And when you're a creator, you're usually the last one on your list. And that's not the best way to run your ship, right? You want to be drinking your Kool-Aid every day. Do you need to create a rig room in your creative space? Do you need to hear sounds? Um, do you need to have like a playlist that comes in? What should you be wearing? Because that's a big one. What should you be wearing? If, so, if you needed to go on a coffee date right now and talk to someone about your brand, what does your brand show up like? How do they speak? What do they, where do they go? What does it sound like around them? Do you need to take a trip? Do you need to like be in someone else's aura to absorb maybe a little bit more of a push energy? Do you need to be in someone else's aura to absorb a little bit of a rest energy? What do you need, right? And I, I find that the resistance usually comes because we're not absorbing enough of our own creative force and we're spending too much time in other people's universe. Mm, uh, I love that. Uh, so good. So good. So good. Yes. yes. And oh, that's a practice. That's a daily practice because creatives are inspired also. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's a balance, right? We're inspired yeah. by a lot of different mediums and naturally, you know, like there's nothing really that's completely new in the world. But I think what I'm hearing is that even if you are drawing inspiration, you can still put your take on that. Like how it comes through you mm -hmm. is actually going to be something different anyway, because you're putting your story, your experience, your ideas, even if it's, it's something that you heard, it's something that you're inspired by. I yeah. think that's really important. And I think that's, I spoke to something around that in the last couple of days on social media that I think that's why people feel this constant push and pull and this constant discontent with social media. It's like, it's social media's fault. It's, it's not social media's fault like that's a it's a platform and it exists for you to be able to create but if you're not creating in congruence mm -hmm. of course yeah it's going to get hard and something that you mentioned I think it might have been when um in a recent post as well you were rallying against the perfect templated virtual presence yeah. that's the words I have written down here do yeah. you want to speak a little bit to that since we're talking about social media yeah well what you said is a beautiful bridge to it there's nothing really new in the world except you yeah that's it you're the only new thing in the world you know, there's, there is probably nothing new under the sun except you. And so there is nothing on Instagram that looks like Amy Keller except Amy Keller. And there is nothing, you know, out here in Florida like Amy Keller except Amy Keller. So, you know, if I feel, it goes back to what I told you, my core value, if I feel a responsibility to show up as this version of myself in this moment now in this great blessing that I am to the world and that it is to me it is my highest devotion to show up in that responsibility everywhere that I beam myself so if that's my virtual avatar if that's my real life version when that's like my spiritual self like whatever it is that's that's a that's a that's a tall order but it's also your divine devotion to yourself like what could be more fulfilling truly for me having an, a perfectly curated Instagram grid. Um, well, for me, it's just not my design personally. So it would cause me a lot of frustration. And honestly, what I hear myself saying is it would never happen. And it's true. It would never happen. It's not my design. Okay. Um, I just don't work that way. I work with people who do work with that way, that way. And it actually gives them a lot of liberation mm. to come up with a cohesive, like visual story. And they feel really liberated, right? Discipline gives you freedom. Discipline is incredibly liberating because it allows you to understand where you are and where you're not and who you are and who you're not. And that is highly liberating. And something I would just add to that is like one of the things I always ask people, and I think it's a really valid question to ask yourself if you're having any resistance, frustration, or you're like, why is it not working? Is like, how are you different? How do you do it different? Okay. And this is one of the things that you want to double down on actually is the point of difference that you are in the marketplace. If Mr. Lauren went in and tried to be like, 
Levi's, I mean, then there's no Mr. Lauren, there's no, there's no Lauren, like there's no Ralph Lauren. You just like, you know, it's just, it's like a gap or it's like a, they each have their own story. So it's like in MMS, when you're making me kind of like, remember like how, why, why do I find this so important? So in like what I teach with people when they're building and cultivating a brand is like the beginning, I can give you all the tactics, all the strategies you can learn. You can hire anybody to give you a tactic, a strategy and help you execute. If you do not put in the work to build a foundation of self-trust and establish your brand story, establish your own story, establish the parts of it that you deeply love and are proud of and would shout from the rooftops. If you do not establish your point of difference, if you do not establish how that lives in your day-to-day life, how you actually show up and expand into that every day more and more, the tactics and the strategies will not stick. So a copy and paste strategy is very old school. You could like literally copy and paste things over anybody, right? Oh, you have a new beauty brand. Great. This is the strategy that's working with influencers. Copy, paste, done. That's not how it is anymore because people are psychic and they know they are. We've always been psychic, but now they know. So you have this rising consumer consciousness and they can sniff out BS in like two scrolls. They're like, what? Right. And it's like when you act from the heart and you're like, I deliver things this way and I'm a little too much or sometimes I'm, you know, a little bit lower, but I'm cool with it because this is who I am today. It has an energetic frequency that people feel is human. And in a world that is highly digitized, formulaic and templated, when you stand out as your full human, you are highly magnetic because it's very rare. Mm. It's just very rare. So to me, I really rally against having some sort of like typical, you know, um, strategy because my energy doesn't flow that way. I'm a mother also of a small child. So being rigid would, for me, would not work in real life. Um, And right now where I'm at in my own business and my own brand is that I give myself a certain amount of time to my community, but most of my energy is on my clients. Most of my energy is there and I love it. I, I, I have, you know, my Leo rising is interested in building up this brand for sure. And I I see the value in continuing to, to bolster that and to keep putting it higher on the list. But the, the deep publicist in me, the North node in cancer is like, I'm going to make you blow up. I'm going to take, we're going to blow you up. Here we go. I'm behind you. And I'm like, we're going to blow it up for you. And I love that. Whereas other people, you know, maybe that's not their game. They want to be out front. And that's cool too. hire someone who wants to build you a stage, let them build you a stage, you know? So it's like just being, being uh, honest with yourself about who you are, what you really want. Okay. (laughs) Because if you're also having any kind of like weird glitchiness with what you're up to right now, probably you're not being honest with yourself about something that you truly desire and you're keeping it from yourself Mm -hmm. and just be honest. You know, I don't want to spend my time perfectly crafting Canva templates about, you know, my business that makes me want to bark. You know, I want to like show up. And if I want to do a quick reel, because I sent an email to a client and it feels helpful to my community, I'm doing it, you know, and I'm not going to over-criticize, analyze, whatever. I hear the sound. It feels like truth. It's a helpful transmission. I'm pressing share. I'm moving on. If something feels good to me in the night, it's 10 o'clock at night. Oh, you're not supposed to post at 10 o'clock at night. This is my channel. Move on. I'm posting it. This is something that helped me this weekend and I loved it and I'm placing it here and I move on. Like I just move on, you know? And for my clients, what I found that helps their magnetism is exactly that level of confidence of saying, I'm just going to do this. And I'm, it's for my own pleasure anyways. And you're here to see that. And so and now I'm moving on, you know, and just going with the fun and the enjoyment of it all and not taking it so heavy and serious. Oh yeah. And that comes a, that's more magnetic and <laughs> B it comes through in your content. Like I think what, what is, it feels, I think content to a lot of people still feels so three-dimensional and it's actually a 5D thing. It's actually an energetic transfer that you're creating in your content. And whilst you might be looking at a static image or something like that, I think the more that you understand that, and if you've got the gift of being able to tap into that, like that takes understanding your own energetic capacity and your own shifts and energy as well. But 
You're so bang on. Like that is more potent to the person on the other side and they will feel that and it won't feel forced. You know, I think that's the the issue that we get into is that a lot of stuff starts to feel just forced and um, and there's no real like excitement or joy or pleasure (laughs) behind it. Listen, when you're saying this right now, to me, I'm in devotion to the feminine, Mm. right? I run my Mm. business through the feminine. I Mm. run everything in my business through the cycles of the moon, through the cycles of the season. So I connect to things more in the feminine, right? I lived a long time in my corporate world in the masculine and it works. There's not a better, there's and, you know, there's there's an or, it's this or this, you know? There's not one that's better. The masculine works, it does work. But if your flow of energy is not in that way, it will hurt. It starts to hurt, you know, and I run Amy Keller. I run my clients. I run mega magnetic storytelling. I run my house in the feminine. So that means that I'm in devotion to the ebbs and the flow and that it has a cycle. And that means that sometimes things look like this and sometimes things look like that. And that there's not something that's better or worse. And I just, I move right on. I just flow right on to like the next thing that I'm doing and everything that I do. And why I brought this up is because I really believe that if you are wanting to make some sort of an impact right now in the world, you will have to move from your logical masculine mind down into your heart. You will have to do that. And for some people, they have a really, um, they're like high achievers, which I highly admire. <laughs> I like highly admire. I was never like a high achiever. I wanted to have a lot of fun and I wanted to make a lot of connections and I wanted to build a lot of relationships. And if you're a high achiever, like sometimes that can like kind of get thwarted a little bit along the way. So I just wanted to have fun and make connections and like just have fun. I just always wanted to have fun. But I really admire high achievers, but that me- it usually means you're running highly in the masculine. You're up here, you're logical, okay? You're very strategic. That's my South Node in Capricorn. These things help to understand who you are. I don't identify, like I wouldn't meet someone and be like, oh, I'm a North Node, but it helps me kind of understand like I definitely came into this life with a lot of understanding of strategy, accomplishments, goals, strategic thinking. Okay. It's not an accident. I became a brand strategist. Like I see things through those lines. However, I feel the most expanded, the most in love with my work, the most joyful, the most magnetic when I'm allowing things to flow and to share and to speak through my heart. And, and for me, I think that a lot of people on, so, on social media, I guess, like, is, you know, kind of what we're talking about, but I would say this is anywhere in your life. Get, imagine, imagine giving your heart a mouth. <laughs> like if you could take your mouth out of your head and you could give your heart the mouth. And when you go to communicate to people, whether it be in real life or whether it be on social media, ask yourself, close your eyes, take a deep breath, ask yourself, ask yourself what does my heart want to say? And you can be in the middle of an argument and you can say, hey, listen, I can hear that you're really upset and I'm starting to get upset also. Let's just, let's slow it down. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. I I didn't mean to say it that way. I feel kind of stressed and scared and frustrated right now. So I'm acting out kind of that way. I'm I'm a little bit nervous. Do you see how like the tone changes, the truth comes out. You're not like, well, you did this and then da, da, da. It's the same thing with content creation. Talking to people from a place of their fears, which is what has always happened. And if you didn't catch on to that in the last two years, you missed the best marketing case study ever. But it's like marketing to people's fears is highly effective. It will work. You can do it. It will work. It's highly effective, proven. It will work. However, it doesn't feel good. And people are at a place in time in the Kali Yuga where they want to feel good, damn it. They want to feel good. So if you want to take your business from converting sales to converting hearts and changing lives and transforming people and opening up a larger space to feel love and connection, you want to convert yourself from talking to people's fears and talking to people's pleasures, happiness speaking to the parts of people's lives that your business builds a bridge to what they want to have 
more in their life, which is happiness, love, and pleasure. And that will require a level of vulnerability for you to speak from here. So when you go to make the content and you're like, and then I hustled and I did it, who cares? Okay. Tell me from your heart, what did it cost you? What did you get on the other side of it? How did it transform your life and your relationships? Even if I didn't click and even talk to you about this, how would just this one sentence transform my heart? And it means that you shift the transmission from the logical mind to the heart, which is I'm sitting across from you, we're having coffee. That broke my heart when this happened. I was embarrassed and ashamed. And then on the other side of it, I felt so much compassion for myself and other people. And I see that you're hurting. I'm here with you. Like it's a difference. Okay. Mm. And people want that. And so then speaking to what you're, ta- what you're talking about, about showing up for your creation, you have something that someone is after. It's a magic key that your unique experience in life has offered to somebody else to transform a challenge or to, or to open up a passion. You know, it doesn't always have to be a hardship. It can just be that you open up some sort of a passion for someone they didn't even know. And it coming into that passion is just so fulfilling and rewarding for somebody. So speaking to people from your heart and connecting to people is ultimately what social media and relationships are all about. You're here to cultivate relationships first with yourself, be honest with yourself. And then it allows you to see yourself in other people and speak with that level of respect to them and to you. Mm. Uh, I just have to take a breath because <laughs> that's, that's so beautiful. And those words are so generous and everything that you have said today and your time has been such a gift and such an act of generosity. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank My you pleasure. so much. I couldn't and, wait to talk to you today. Thank you. <laughs> before we before we close out our amazing conversation, why don't you tell us where we can find you and how we can work with you? Because I feel like people are going to be running to you after listening <laughs> to this. You're in, you are magnetic. You embody your work, and that is what I love. Like there's no like bullshitting around that. You are you are exactly who you say you are. And so mm-hmm. if you're someone that is after that sort of support in your business, you're, you're going to get that from Amy. I love that. Thank you. That is such a high compliment. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying that. Um, wow. I just, you know, the truth, I just want to pause and say the truth is working with people who just want your best, who want to see you win, who want to see your work get out in the world, who want to build you stages in whatever way their skill set does that for you is a very wise choice for anyone listening right now. If someone speaks to you and you can hear it, you can hear when they want you to win and they're really rooting for your work to get in the world. They see the value. They see it. They probably have been transformed by it themselves. You want to be with those people. And and that starts to build this new idea of how we live, work, and um, co-create together. It's incredibly collaborative. Whether someone buys something from you or not, we are co-creating all of this together. And social media, I love social media for that because you can feel, it's like a telepathy. It's like you can feel like, you get so much and you're like, I'm rooting for you and you feel it. You really feel all of that. So um, for me, uh, you can always find me on Instagram. I love Instagram. So I'm there on Instagram and I'm highly active in my DMs. Um, I love to connect to people there. And um, I also do private, I have private clients that I work with and I do private sessions um, Typically they're like on hold right now because I have a few projects going, but typically I do private sessions. And, but my love child is mega magnetic storytelling, which is the offer that I have in the world that allows more people to come into this frequency, but also to meet and co-collaborate with other incredibly magnetic women. It's a very potent community. I truly, I really like, I could get emotional, but I just am so proud of that community and 
for me, they have taught me like more than I could possibly offer and teach them. They're just so important to me. And I'm in deep devotion to continuing to foster their dreams, their creations in the world. And so Mega Magnetic Storytelling is a course. It's a vibration. It's, it's, it's a whole thing. I don't even, even know the words to explain Mega Magnetic Storytelling, but first and foremost, it's a community, but it will teach you how to fortify self-trust, how to take that through into communication, whether that be in your emails, on social media, but honestly, in real life, in real person, because to me, I'm always really focused there first. When you can be human here in your human, that transmits to everything. You don't really have to learn a new method. It just like seamlessly carries over. So you can find me on Instagram at Miss Amy Keller. And then I have a website, amykeller.co. Amazing. And I'll pop those links in the show notes so you can access those very quickly. And yes, go run along and follow Amy. Um, <laughs> she's also another Amy Keller in our community. So, <laughs> which Yay. is so cool, which is so cool. And you've both been um, in the fashion industry, which is like crazy. Yeah, she's super magnetic also. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I had the pleasure of interviewing her uh late last year actually so yeah you can you can connect with both the amys if you want to <laughs> <laughs> all righty we will leave it there thank you so much amy thank you so much for your time and for yeah like i said your generous words incredible i'm i'm so looking forward to listening back to this one wow thank you for you too thank you so much for being with me <laughs>